Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We're presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen alongside Leger Doosable while the Jets finally pick up that elusive first victory of the season. Mm. And before we get to that, got to compliment you today on your shirt, man. Appreciate it, man. You know, I wanted to give a little style in the studio. You know, it's fun in the shirt. Yeah, so people who are listening at home can't see it, but uh, the tremendous pattern there, mm-hmm. and you just look ready to go out on the town, I think. Oh, yeah, no question, man. This is a shirt for every everything. Business, casual, evening wear, um, nice dinner. So, you know, it has, it's a multifunctional shirt. Uh, dudes, you are bringing the style, <laughs> no doubt about that. We will be checking in with Jets rookie running back Michael Carter here later on the pod. What did you think about... Zach Wilson in the second half and overtime against the Titans. Yeah, to me, we saw the progress. And it's not even just the the second half and overtime. I would say, like, halfway through the first or in the second quarter, quarter. he started really starting to cook on offense. And this offense, and me and you talked about this, EA, it's an offense that's a timing offense. It's built off trust. Quarterback, when his back foot hits the ground, he has to be able to let that ball go and trust – that the receiver is going to be where he needs to be. And also the receiver has to trust the quarterback is going to put the ball where it needs to be. And we saw that even on his lone interception, right, I was glad that he was able to trust the fact that Corey Davis was going to make an in-cutting route and he was going to let the ball go before he came out of his break. And that's exactly what he did. Now, Corey Davis slipped and fall, and that, they won't put that in the stat sheet. It'll be an interception for Zach Wilson. But that was the right read by Zach Wilson in man coverage to let that ball go. So we saw it time and time again, like big time throws in, in the second half and the overtime, the, the third and two throw in overtime to Keelan Cole on the, the corner route right there is a big time NFL throw. Not a lot of quarterbacks making that throw. Third and three, the out route to Jamison Crowder. And I was glad that he actually had a vet, another veteran guy at receiver this week in Jamison Crowder. I think that's been lost in that this whole huge. thing. That was huge. Like a, a trust guy that you can go to on third down that can move the chains and those intermediate routes. A guy when you're in trouble, you know is going to be in the middle open for you. So having a veteran guy like that, and he dropped his first pass of the game, but after that, caught everything that it was thrown his way. And as a quarterback, to know that you can depend on the guy, and that's what Jamison Crowder has been the last two years with the Jets. Dependability has been his middle name. Like he's the guy that you know on the Jets receiving court that's going to be dependable and that's going to be consistent. So when you have a young rookie quarterback, it's a it's a big plus to have a guy like that on the field. Uh, I thought so all along that hey, when we're analyzing Wilson so far this season, Jameson Crowder's not out there yeah. on the field. And how about the veterans? Corey Davis against his former team yeah. goes for over 100 yards. Keelan Cole, Cole averages day. more than 30 yards per reception. Almost goes over 100, 92 yards. Yeah. yeah, and Elijah Moore was not in the lineup. So there is reason to believe that things will even look brighter down the line. Let's talk further about Wilson. 14 yeah. of 18 on passes, seven yards or less. So that tells me that he's taking the check down when it's there, like you mentioned before. And of these four plays, what stood out to you the most? Okay. The Keelan Cole 54-yarder mm-hmm. there late in the third. The Jets are trailing yeah. 9-7. He gets flushed out to his right-hand side, keeps his eyes down, down the, the field, field and yeah. flips it. Could have thrown it to him or Corey Davis. Uh, yeah, they were, <laughs> both running, running, over, running, they were converging on each yeah. other. How about the Jameson Crowder one where he bobbles the snap, but then has oh, the presence of mind. Cool, calm, and collective. Cool, get it to Crowder for 29 yards. 
And then you mentioned Nicole won in overtime. Yeah. And then finally, where he's calling his own shot, like yeah. Babe Ruth to Corey Davis, 53-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a hard four to choose from. I mean, I would say process of elimination. The Keelan Cole big play for like 50-plus yards, that's off-platform. Like, there's no defensive play call against that. That's just the quarterback being better than everybody else on the field on that instance. The Keelan Cole one on the corner route, to me, it's third and two, right? Not a lot of quarterbacks are taking that chance because that's, for one, not a lot of quarterbacks can make that throw going outside of the numbers in between, outside of the numbers and in between the sideline. That, there's like, that's a minute amount of space you can throw the football. And if you miss, and you're punting. You're punting, exactly. So that, to me, wins because of that, the circumstances in the game in overtime to have the confidence to make that throw. But I also really loved the, the one on the bobble snap, right? Because he didn't panic. And it wasn't like it was an off-platform throw. That was the read. Yep. And he put it right on the money, money to Jamerson Crowder. So I would say between those two plays, but you have to probably give the one to Keelan Cole a little bit more love just because of the circumstances of where it was at in the game. And the thing that I really appreciate about Wilson is that he wasn't perfect. Yeah. He admitted as much after the game. He could have hit Corey Davis to on a third down yeah. and the game's over. Could have hit Ryan Griffin in game overtime. But it's always better to correct the mistakes yeah. after a win, right? Look, it's always better. <laughs> but what I really loved is that he took personal accountability. Mm. And um, I, something I had kind of talked about it in, in week two when he had the, the four interceptions. And, yes, all of those weren't his fault. But he kept saying, you know, you know, we as a team, we have to be better. And, you know, we all have to take accountability. But I love the fact that he called himself out personally. It was like, I have to do better because – we have a chance to end the game right there, and I have to make that throw because Corey Davis ran a good route and an out route and had about three or four yards of separation and kind of threw it a little high. And then on the Ryan Griffin throw, like, he was wide open, and that was a great play design by Michael Floor, right, bringing the tight end back across the formation. Mm -hmm. And he throws it low, and Ryan Griffin can't catch it because if he hits him, he doesn't even have to hit him in stride. If he just throws it behind him and he catches it, he walks into the end zone. So you love that you hear that from your young quarterback, like, I have to do better. So I don't put us in those situations, and we can just win the game. We don't have to worry about overtime. So you love the growth from this kid. You love the, the progress. And we knew this was going to be a process. And people tend to forget the first three weeks he played three top five defenses. Like no other quarterback in offense has seen that in the first three weeks. So it's been trial by fire for Zach Wilson in this offense. But we knew better days were ahead. How much are you loving this defense right now? Uh, they give up 430 oh, yards against the Titans. A hundred were probably on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we'll get to that direction <laughs> here in a second. But yeah. what's the potential for this defensive line without Carl Lawson? Yeah. Because a lot of people thought, okay, they'll be solid up front. I didn't know if people thought they still had the potential to be dominant. Yeah. Even without, without Lawson, him. you got John Franklin Myers, who you love, three oh. sacks in four games. Nah. Quinnen Williams, three and a half sacks the last two weeks. He leads the team. You love Bryce Huff. You already know I do. <laughs> a second and a half. Man. Uh, Shaq Lawson was getting in there with pressures. Sheldon Rankins is He's not getting the pocket enough love. And Fuller Ronzo Fadakasi is so damn consistent he's, and strong. He's dominant. <laughs> uh, and, and if anybody had been following me through the whole offseason, I'd been saying, like, this defensive line is literally top five. And people were looking at me crazy, and it's because I knew what they had in the interior. But when you have a guy like John Franklin Myers who can play on the outside and dominate in the run game, the play where he knocked the tight end six yards in the backfield and knocked the running, like 
That Bro, sack in the red zone, that's third down. Chills down my spine yeah? because that, <laughs> that's how I used to do tight ends when I was playing the big end. So I love the physicality he plays with it and being able to rush inside. Now, he's had to rush more outside because of Carl Lawson's injury, and he hasn't been able to go inside as much. But his hand usage has just immensely gotten better. And then Bryce Huff, what can you say about the kid? I'm about to show him some love and then talk about some of the corrections he can do. But his, his first step get off, like, just imagine – him and then Carl Lawson on the other side. Yeah. Like, well, how ugly that would have been. Like, they would have been mean at the quarterback, and then the quarterback has nowhere to step up because of John Franklin Myers, because of Sheldon Rankins, because of Foley, because of Quentin Williams. Like, this oh, is, my okay, goodness. Okay, so this Jets defense <laughs> is only going to get better. Yeah. And, and, but there are 13 games remaining left in, yeah, this, yeah, for in, sure. in this season. So 2022, you get Lawson back. Wow. Oh, by the way, you have two first-round picks, two second-round picks, two fourth-round picks. Scary hours. Uh, but <laughs> you mentioned Huff. Yeah. There, uh, certain let's let's, let's, let's uh, break te- down my guy. Teachable moments. Let's so, go. Yeah, yeah. So first, I want to give him some love because his first step get off and the sack that he had in overtime, like I posted it the other day because it was a thing of beauty and art. Like his get off. And it's when you pass rush, it's all about angles, right? So a lot of times when a guy's in a yo position, the tight end's in a yo position behind the tackle, a lot of defense ends will get out of that, but he didn't, right? Because we know you're in passing situations. It's third and long. This tight end is probably not – if he chips me, that's one less guy that's getting out on the route. Right. So, for one, for a second-year player to even realize that, whether he realized it or not, that's amazing. He kept his straight line to the quarterback. He didn't widen out at all. And then the hand swipe move, it was just disrespectful. <laughs> like, Quisenberry, as soon as you put that hand out there, get your hands off me, and then he sacks him. And – could have ended the game. Got the ball. Ryan Tannehill is a god for keeping it. I don't know how he kept onto that ball because it came out of his hands, but it landed in his lap and he was able to hold on to it. So the fact that this guy has progressed so much just from training camp in his hand usage because he used to rely on his speed too much and that rip, which you have to give him that fastball, but the hand usage has got immensely better. Now, some teachable moments. Okay. Right? And this is not just for Huff. This is for the whole defense. And second and third and long, the tendencies are – draw and screen teams want to get back on track like you cannot give up third and 21 third no. and 18 on screen like they know you're an attacking defense Literally, you had sec well, I believe he was sec what five times in the first half like they know that you're coming off the ball <laughs> so you have to table it down sometimes and when I was here you know snack Harrison was probably the best screen killer I've ever played with because when you're a nose tackle you get beat up so much throughout the game that you know if the offensive line is soft on you something's up so he would feel that right away and call it out and beat the running back to where he needed to be. So on a, on a team like this, when so everybody you guys get up off, front, defensive linemen, yeah. you guys should be talking to it amongst it's, yourselves. It shouldn't even just be. It should be the linebackers. Everybody should be sucking along, alert, draw, and scream. Because right. teams want to get back on track. It's an extension of the run game. So like we gave up, the Jets gave up 430 yards. I literally, I would have to. I would love to go back and chart it and see how much of that was on screens. Because I would. I would beg to differ at least 80 to 100 of that was on draws and screens. And so your yardage per games would immensely get shrunken down if it, if it was for that. But You were a defensive lineman. Who are you yeah. putting the onus on there? It's on everybody on yeah. defense. It's not just okay. on the defensive right. line because some people say, and I, and I saw this, the first one, Quinn Williams did kind of get clipped in the back. And he was, he was in a perfect position to make the play, but he got hit in the back. The okay. ref didn't call that. But also the, the secondary on that, a couple bad angles from the safety – um, if you're the corner, you have to force that back inside. You can't give McNichols the sideline there. Like, all your help is in the inside. So, at defensive end, 
if an offensive tackle is oversetting you, he hadn't been doing it. And it was early in the game, right? It was the first drive. But the quickest line to the quarterback is inside. So offensive tackles aren't just setting you, oversetting you like that. Even if you have a mid-speed coming off the edge. So if they're inviting you inside, it's usually for you to shorten the edge so the running back can get to the outside quicker. So on multiple screens, Bryce Huff, Huff took the inside move. But when he had his sacks, he was winning on the outside. So you have to realize, like, there's a reason why he's oversetting me, right? Even though I'm getting off the ball good, he's oversetting me to invite me inside to hook me. So you just this, – just teachable moments. And this game could have been way more lopsided if it wasn't for, like, the screens and some of the personal fouls and offsides on defense. And, and we talked about, you know, Zach Wilson taking accountability and making some completions on, you know, third down that, that could have ended the game or – you know, hitting Ryan Griffin in overtime. So there's teachable moments, but it's always good to have those teachable moments after a win. So the point here, I think, defensively is yeah. those are easily, easily, easily fixed. correctable. Easily fixed, yeah. Bits, I mean, bottom line, an official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. On that topic, are you surprised Atlanta's favored in this game this week? What's the, what's, the, what's the line? I, I thought I saw a three and a half somewhere. Just Matt Sickoff, our technical director. Well, I, I'm just – I I'm look at numbers for pure entertainment, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay? I, I'm not surprised because that offense can put up points, and this was the first week the Jets offense put up points. So that's probably what, you know, the the betting evaluators are looking at. Hmm. Like, is this a, like, is this an aberration or is this who the Jets are going to be going forward? So they're playing the odds saying, well, this is once out of four games. If they do it again – then we'll see what the you know the favor is and the odds are and the over and under is going forward. But this is a defense that has given up thirty you know points. Thirty two points a game. And the Titans were on that similar trajectory, and the Jets had a lot of you know success on offense. So we'll see. This is this is a unique situation for the Jets because they're almost seeing not mirror images, but a lot of similarities between the two teams. Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. So that zone scheme that they that Tennessee ran is the same zone scheme they run in Atlanta. They like to run the zone weak. They like to run the zone strong. And they like to run the stretch play. This is what they do. They're very vanilla as far as the running game because they don't have Derrick Henry, but they do have Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis, who both run extremely hard. Cordell Patterson actually started the game at running back for them last week. He's doing everything. He is weapon X. Way. Three touchdowns last week. This is a guy that you know Robert Sala and you know Jeff Ulbrich definitely have circled on the scouting report this week because they like to get this guy the ball in space. Calvin really has been one of the best route runners in football for the last three or four years. They like to use him in the slot a lot. And that's where they take advantage of him in that spacing in the slot. And then Ryan, you know, Ryan, Matt Ryan has been a, in a, a consummate quarterback and a, a really good quarterback for a lot of years. And this offense, they're not asking him to hold the ball. It's even on play action. As soon as that back foot hits, he's letting that ball go. And with Kyle Pitts, you really got to treat him and Hayden Hurst when they're together. It's not really 12 personnel. It's like 11 personnel. So you got to treat it like three wide because they split Kyle Pitts out most of the game. Like he's rarely in the box. And if he is, I believe – they rarely run the ball. So, like, when he's in the game, it's a higher tendency for passing. You have to be ready for that. Now, they could switch things up because everybody's keen on that now. But they've been in a lot of battles where they've been behind. They were actually ahead in this game versus Washington. Yes. Um, but when Kyle puts us in the game, they try to get him the ball. And especially in the red zone, they try to force feed him the ball. How many uh, two tight end packages do they play with? Because you mentioned Hurst and Pitts. Yeah. And – 
do you even look at it as a two tight end package because he might be listed as a tight well, end? That's what but I they're said. playing him you as got, a receiver. You got to anyway. treat it like 11 personnel, yeah, which yeah. is three wide. Yeah. So you have to treat that as 11 personnel because they treat him like a receiver. And they'll try to keep you honest. They'll run the ball with him probably twice a game in the actual tight end position. And he's rarely to the, the front side of the blocking scheme. So this is a guy that they knew why they drafted him. They wanted another pass catcher to go with Calvin Ridley. And they've gotten great contributions from Cordell Patterson. So it's been a plus to have him. And then you add a guy like Kyle Puss. So this offense has been able to put up points besides the game versus the Giants. Other than that, they've been putting up points so you, this offense can be explosive. They try to get the ball out of their hands quick. I believe I read in next-gen stats last week the pass to Cordell Patterson for the touchdown was the first time that Matt Ryan threw a ball for more than 20 yeah. yards. Yeah, so right. they want to get the ball out quick, a lot of underneath routes, similar to what Tannehill does with you know Tennessee. Quick underneath routes, quick crossers. They that's they want to just get the ball out of his hands. But Tannehill will hold on to that ball, as we saw last week. Oh, when and, they're down, and, he definitely does that. <laughs> and you mentioned Ryan. Yeah. If he's watching the Jets on film this week, yeah. they're even going to be getting rid of the ball sooner. even quicker <laughs> yeah. for sure. So he's not like Ryan. Matt Ryan is is, is not no no uh, no speedster by any means, yeah. right? So I believe his friend, he had a big scramble at the end of the game last week to try to get them in range for the Hail Mary yeah. and. I think that might have been one of his longest runs in probably a, a 10, 11, 12-year career. He ran for like 15 yards, and, and it was actually moving pretty good. But, again, this, that's not what he does. Like He's going to be in the pocket. So you can take a little bit more chances as far as up and under moves if you're a defensive end because you don't have to worry about him getting out on the edge and running because that's not his game. He's more comfortable in the pocket. Whereas that's a last, great point right there. Whereas last week you had to worry about that because Tannehill can run, and I, I believe they just did a really good job of corralling him and keeping him – in the pocket, but this this week it's it's who's going to get there first. But also be cognizant because of what Tennessee did with the screen game, and because they have a guy like Cordell Patterson and, and really who they get screens to, you have to be cognizant of that because these guys can go when they get the ball in their hands. Before we get to Michael Carter, the running back, what do you what did you think of the Jets' run game last week? Because they had attempts, you get twenty five yeah. rushes, and, and but you had sixty six yards, yeah, yeah. and Carter got in the end zone. We're going to be talking to him about it here shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a get-right game in terms of getting some gains on the ground against an Atlanta defense? Well, Antonio Gibson last week for the Washington football team had some success yeah. running up the middle on them. The thing with Tennessee last week, like, their team was built to stop this run. Like, they've struggled in the past defense. Like, that's what they do. They struggle in the past. But up front, they had Danico Autry, Jefferson Simmons. These are really good players, especially in stopping the run game. And Bud Dupree hasn't been out there. Harold Landry was really the only person that was making an impact for them on the defensive line. But he was making an impact off the ball. They had him at off the ball linebacker, which, you know, Mike Vrabel and his defense has done routinely this year for him, moving him around because he's so athletic. So, Last week, I, I was just glad that the Jets stuck to the run because they have to respect that you're yeah. able to run. And Michael Carter had a few big runs here and there. Um, I love that we finally put that speed sweep in that I was talking about, and Barrios had a nice run on there, had a nice run on the reverse. So I like the attempts. Like, uh, when I played here for Rex, he would always say you had to have at least 25 to 30 attempts to, to have a chance to win in the game, and that's what they did. So, yeah, the, the big runs weren't there like they were versus the New England, you know, game. But the fact that they attempted the rushes helped with play-action pass, helped with some of those bootlegs that, you know, Zach Wilson was able to get on the move and, and throw the ball down the field. So it's all about consistency. Even though something's not working, you have to still put it out there just because there's a threat of it. Let's uh, stay right there on this topic, the run game, and bring mm. in 
Jets rookie running back, Michael Carter. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Michael, thanks for joining us today. I got to ask you right off the bat, can you take us through your first professional touchdown? Yeah. Uh, it was a cool experience because in college, you know, when we got down to the goal line, they took me out. <laughs> <laughs> My coach was always like, Mike, you're a home run hitter, but, you know, if you get down to that five to to one, you're coming out. <laughs> so that just motivated me to, you know, have more, have more longer runs. But now that, you know, I got down to there, and the NFL is a different game. So I was still in the game on the one-yard line. So I'm like, oh, I got to get in. I got to get in. <laughs> And hey, then, how uh, about the play? Yeah, how about the play itself? Yeah, no, the play just a little inside zone, and then I got I got what I could get, and then my teammates helped me with the rest of it. Talking about that, the O line and tight ends yeah. pushing you into yeah. the end. It, 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 it started with, it started with George. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Had in there. It started with George, I'm, and then Connor came, and then Westco. Uh, he really rocked me. Westco gave me a <laughs> Westco gave me a, a good push, <laughs> and then I, you know, I, we celebrated. Yeah, I want to talk about the celebration. I saw that was that like a, a Chris Benoit kick. Like, what what was that? Uh, that was a the, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, all right. Are you a big wrestling so, guy then? When I was younger, I, I used to watch a lot of it, like uh, all of them, all of them, John Cena, you know, all them guys, but. I was like, man, I got to do that if I score. And then, okay. So, what's your celebration going to be the next time you score? Because it's not stopping here. No, I think, I think just going forward, I'll probably just get a ball to the lineman, let them spike it, you know, because I didn't, I'm not in the end zone without them. So, I, I'll let them get the love. Hey, listen, that's very unselfish, but we want to see the celebration. Yeah, what do you think about that, dude? Yeah, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I love them giving some love to the big guys. The yeah. big guys up front don't get enough love. So they don't get cool they don't get any love. Get, yeah, yeah. So let, let's go into it. You guys get your first victory. Just tell us about how the locker room was after that overtime, you know, win versus Tennessee this past week. It was so fun. It was just a it felt so good to get the first win. They always said the first win, the hardest one to get. So um, I'm glad we was able to get it. And, I'll, you know, we already know that all of our games, especially in this league, are going to come down to the end of the game. And so we just I, – I love the way our team fought. And then we we celebrated after. And then now, you know, it's kind of like back to square one. See if we can get it. Hey, you, you saw it coming, Michael. You said last week that I think the offense is ready to explode. And I think some people – we're caught off guard because that was coming off a shutout loss to the Broncos. But what had you seen that you knew you guys were about to turn the corner? Yeah, it was it just – I've seen it during training camp. I've seen it during the preseason. I've seen it. We, we've shown, like, bits and pieces of it. And then I think what we did on Sunday was just put it all together. And so that's just what, I, what I've been knowing is coming. Because we've done good stuff in each game. 
It's just we wasn't putting it together, and then we got the plan from behind, and then um, it's just different different obstacles that we've had to face. But I knew what it was going to be this week because of the preparation that we put in. Let's talk. Let's talk about the run game. And you know, people were talking about you guys didn't have enough attempts the Denver week, but you guys had twenty five attempts this week, but. You know, the yards per average weren't as great as you would have wanted it to. And that's because, you know, Tennessee did do a good job of stocking, stocking the, stacking the box. But this week, it seems like it could be a potential get-right week for the running backs because of the success that the Washington football team had last week. What have you seen so far as far as, like, the Atlanta's front and their, you know, their front seven as far as what you guys can do in the run game? Yeah, uh, just, you know, last week, I feel like speaking on last week, it was – it was one of them downhill games where it's gonna be it's gonna be dirty, but we got the dirty yards, and I feel like we was efficient runner um, for you know what we've given, and um, we just look forward to building on that. You know, having just having just more success next week because we're all trying to be great. So, um, but looking towards next week, um, McKissick had a really good game against them. Um, Antonio Gibson had some good runs. Uh, Jared Patterson had a couple of good runs. Um, so just. The NFC South, all them teams can run. So they they can run. And the Falcons, they can definitely run sideline to sideline. So um, I feel like we just got to you know, prepare the same way we did last week and just get better and, um, and treat every week as a different week. Like every week has a life of its own. So um, we're just going to lock in on us and then be good for Sunday. Michael, what do you think about playing overseas? It's not every week where you get in a plane and you're going to be playing in London, England. No, yeah, that's going to be lit. <laughs> We're going to <laughs> so, I don't know. I might. Be in Tottenham. That's right. Oh, North London. Be, oh, yeah, we're going to be in Tottenham, I guess. <laughs> but, North but London. I, North London. Yeah, we're going to be in the north side. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, uh, my girlfriend's sister lives in London right now, so I think she's gonna come to the game. So I might have somebody there, but uh, I'm excited to go. I might have to bring a trench coat or something. Yeah, are you a big football soccer fan, or or no? Like any, you, you know, really latch on to any you know teams out there? Because of, I mean, I know because of FIFA. Because I'm I'm pretty I'm alright at FIFA. I'm pretty good at FIFA. But in terms of like following it every day, I not really like. I know some teams like Liverpool. Uh, yeah, Manchester, like Tottenham. That's where we're playing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Manchester City. Yeah, know, City. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a couple of teams. Well, all right. Hey, um, how tight is this rookie class? I, I I see you guys around the facility, and people are always talking about how you're in the ear of Zach Wilson, or he's in your ear, or Elijah Moore's staying after for more, or you're getting in the building early. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, everybody raves about his work at the, can you talk about how tight this class is? Yeah, we're, we're really close and it feels, it feels good that way because we know what we can do here and we know that with the help of, you know, the, the vets that we got here and the, the coaching staff that we got here and the all around support staff, like we can really, you know, do some special things here and, um, just from not even like the offensive draft picks, but the defensive guys like Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. Sherwood, you know, Hamza, um, the Brandon Echoes. Oh my God, Brandon Echoes. And then, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you get into the, you get into like the Kenny Yaboas and, like, you know, all the, all the interior guys that we got. Marshall, um, we call him Big Country. Jonathan Marshall, we call him Big Country. So, 
But uh, no, nah, we're just super close, man, because we know what we can do. And we just are all like, uh, we get along well. I think that is a credit to, you know, the draft, you know, the guys upstairs who made the picks. Like, they, they picked the right type of people. So we just all got along off the, off the bat. So it's been good. What do you? What do you like most about your quarterback as a teammate and as a player, Zach Wilson? Yeah, uh, as a person, he's just like a he's just a guy that you can honestly just like he's just so cool, you know. Like, and it's kind of like the same thing on the field. Like he's he's never he's never panicking. He's always he just always wants to be great so bad, and like you don't you don't get around people every day that share that mentality the same way as you. So like. Like I can tell that he loves football so much, and like I don't feel out of like I sometimes I used to feel like, man, especially like in college, you know, some guys just want to get that degree and keep pushing. But like I love football so much, I just this is my dream, this is my only job I've ever had. So the only thing the only thing I've ever wanted to do is be great at football. So like just being around Zach and like the rest of our guys, like I like that too. So just like he wants to be great, and like. Someone that you can really talk to about, like, he's relatable. That's the word I'm looking for. He's relatable. He's, he's like, down to earth, and he just, he's a good player. He's a good person. I actually have a funny question for you. Like, when you first got here, and, you know, they drafted the other Michael Carter from Duke, mm-hmm. how many times when somebody would say, Mike, did both of you guys turn around? <laughs> no, yeah, at first, it happened, like, a little bit. It did. It Especially, like, in bit, special but- teams, right? Yeah, yeah. So they'll be like, they'll show the depth chart, and it'll be like Carter, and then it'll be like Carter at the PP, and then Carter at the Gunner, and they're like, like, which one is which? Because they were like, no number. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, yeah, they gotta switch that up, and then, but and then they started Carter's MC one and MC two, so that kind of cleared things up. But sometimes, oh, so, I, so who's I'll say who's MC one? Yeah, set the MC record two? straight for everybody at home because obviously you guys know. How you're being addressed inside the building, but yeah. fans got to know this too. Yeah, well, Michael Carter is actually the second. His dad name is he Michael is MC2. Two. Yeah, so they call him MC2, like not you know not a pecking order, but like, that's his real government. <laughs> like so, nah, but uh, yeah, they, I mean for the most part, like now sometimes they'll be like, "Good job, Carter," and I'm like, "Well, we both doing good." So. <laughs> <laughs> The Spider-Man meme. I see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you both are doing really well, and uh, you're off to a great start to your NFL career. Please consider doing a wrestling celebration. If you do get in the end zone in London this week, uh, that's up to you. But we appreciate you uh, for stopping by. No, nah, he's got to do. He's got to do like a. You got to look up some soccer celebrations. I, I got to do some in London. London. I got to do some yeah, soccer stuff. London, like. You got to do some soccer celebrations. <laughs> All right, another kick. I got then. There it is. Yeah. Uh, I might. Thanks. You know, the, the soccer players, they be doing the little slide on their knees. And they be like, yeah. Oh, Maybe we're watching like that. out for this. Know. You're getting in that zone. You <laughs> got to do dope. it now. That'd be dope. <laughs> appreciate y'all. Yeah, appreciate you Thank coming you. through. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. 
Great stuff there from Michael Carter. Let's look around the NFL briefly. What's catching your eye right now? <laughs> um, I would say the, the L.A. Chargers, right? I knew this is a team that had the potential to go to the playoffs, but it seems like they have the potential to maybe even knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in that division wow. and win the, you know, the AFC West. You the love a Herbert. Oh, my God. If, if you're starting a franchise team right now, um, I would say it, it would have to go probably Patrick Mahomes and then every everybody else would say Justin Herbert as a number two quarterback to start off a franchise right now. And then the Arizona Cardinals, man. Like, I was not a believer. I am a believer now because last year. Smackdown in L.A. We saw this last Punch year from them. The oh, my God. We saw this last year from them. They started off 6-3 and three and then just plummeted. But what you just said was it, right? They were the more – Excuse me. They were the more physical team on Sunday. LA, which usually doesn't happen when you got a guy like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So the Cardinals in this offense and Kyler Murray has been dynamic. It's they're they're legit. Hey, hey let's give <coughs> let's give Tom Brady a bunch of props. It's tough for no. me to say that, but. <laughs> but Wow, that must have been very emotional for him to go back to Gillette Stadium after yeah. a 20-year run, the Buccaneers coming home with the victory. So trying to tie everything together here, it's hard to digest it all. Yeah. But <clears throat> Brady playing at this level at 45 or 44. 44, it makes no it, sense. It's, it's absurd because we've seen, we're talked about Matt yeah. Ryan, who's still trying to – carry a team in transition right now and he, we've seen Ben Roethlisberger struggle this yeah, year. It, yeah you know and you start to see guys who start falling off a yeah. bit he seems like he's getting better and so <laughs> it's amazing huh well like the thing with that game is the weather actually helped New England yeah because Tampa Bay has a prolific pass offense and they really couldn't get it going because of the weather Mac Jones was able to do what he does best and that's throw the short game like he was doing that killing Tampa Bay down the field it seemed like they were picking on Richard Sherman, which, honestly, I would have did the same thing. This dude was literally on his couch last week, and he literally played every snap like, and was out there and formidable at times in that game, which I don't think people understand, especially at 33 years old, to come off the couch and play every single snap on defense without any training camp, without any regular week of practice, to not only learn the playbook, but to go out there and compete and play every snap without dying on the field. Like, that... <laughs> Kudos to him just for doing that and be able to play well enough for them to win. He ended up getting a fumble recovery in the game. So, um, Mac Jones tried to, you know, spoil Tom Brady's return to Gillette Stadium. And, and Antonio Brown had a pivotal drop in the end zone. And I, I think that game would have been a little bit more lopsided than it really was at the end of the game with, you know, Nick Folk. Miss, not Nick Folk missing the kick, but, uh, yeah, Nick Folk yeah. missed the kick. Which he 50, had, he 56-yarder in the rain. Yeah, yeah, in the rain. But he hadn't missed it. Well, I think in, like, 35 attempts, he hadn't yeah. missed the kick. So, that – that was crazy. Like, our game, their game came down to a missed field goal kick. So, um, it's a big kudos to Tom Brady. Um, like, last year threw for 4,600 yards. He's on pace to to crush that this year. Obviously, there's an extra game. And even he's on pace to beat his record that he had, I believe, in 2011 with 5,200 passing yards. So, at 44, to be able to do what he's doing and playing at the level and the accuracy and the grasp that he has of that offense is just insane. It's unreal. Uh, what do you make of the AFC East right now? Because yeah. the Bills on top with a 3-1 and one record, they're going to be challenged in the weeks ahead because you're not going to be playing Houston every week. Yeah, hey, Kansas City coming up, I think, this yeah, week. Kansas yeah, Kansas City. And then I think after that game, which is a road game at Arrowhead, they will be in Tennessee. Yeah. And Tennessee's going to test your physicality, no doubt about that. Yeah. But – 
Everybody else is one and three. Yeah. The Jets are one and three. The Dolphins just lost at home to the Colts. Yeah. And then we mentioned New England, who gave, gave a tremendous effort, but they weren't able to secure the victory. Right now, they're not able to run the football. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about New England? Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, I know Tam- Tampa's, great Tampa. against, Tampa's great against uh, Yeah, yeah, they are. Great against Vita Vea, yeah. you know, you can't move that guy. Yeah. But the thing about New England, and we, we stated this before, you can't win many games putting up less than 21 points. Yeah. And we saw that the Jets struggled in the first three weeks. Like, if you don't put up at least no 21 you don't put up at least 21 points, you're not going to win games. So putting up 19, 18, 17, like that, that gets you win versus the Miami Dolphins. That'll, that'll have you beat, you know, a young early Jets team. But you're not beating Tampa Bay. You're not beating anybody else doing that because in this league, it's about points. It used to be like run the ball, play defense. Nah, you have to put up points in this league to have a chance to win, and at least minimum 21 points to have a chance to win. So, yeah, that's that's a you know good brand of football when you have a young quarterback, but you can't expect to win many games doing that. Do you like the Jets' schedule coming up in, in terms of the AFC? Because you got yeah. Atlanta this week. Mm-hmm. You get a bye. Since then you're right. at New England. Yeah, yeah. And, and then home to Cincinnati. Cincy, right? I mean, and I think you, the Colts, right? You, 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 yes. yeah. You were the better team on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Oh, that it wasn't first even game close in, against New England. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Right. And that's the thing. Like when you watch that film, like the Jets punched New England in the mouth. Right. But we just had. Too many mistakes, you know, as far as turning the football over. You can't win in the NFL when you turn the football over. But as far as physicality, running the football by the offensive line and the defensive line, getting after them in the run game and getting after Mac Jones, I mean, it was night and day. We saw who the more physical team is. So if you're Robert Sala, yeah, this week you have to handle business. Yes. Atlanta. Then you have a bye. Hopefully we get some soldiers back healthy. You know, Jared Davis could potentially come back. Um, we don't know the situation with Marcus May. Uh, he could t- potentially come back, but we'll see what happens there. Um, and you'll get some of your soldiers back healthy. Um, Beckton is a week closer to coming back. So we'll see. Hopefully some of our safeties will get healthy too and they can come back. So, I mean, the injury bug has is, is hit the Jets pretty early and often. But if you go out and get this win, two-game win streak, the morale of the team feels a lot better. Even when you're hurt and injured, you feel a lot better. You're, you're willing to come back and – hopefully be healthy for the how cool is it playing in london it's really cool i mean you did it in 2015 yeah the fan base is amazing there and they they have grown to love american football opposed to football that they know and love there and this is a passionate fan base like when i was there in 2015 it's gonna be loud it was loud yeah it was it was loud but the fan base they were just there because it was something to do like every everybody had on different colored jerseys on different team jerseys nobody really had miami or jets jerseys but now with you know bbc having regular american football shows and sky sports having a, re- a regular american football shows, sky sports world. commentator yeah. Doosable. <laughs> they they technically like have a great fan base like millions of people tune in weekly to watch what's going on in the states as far as american football so now people have really latched on to their team in in america so I believe the fan base will be rowdy, and it's at Tottenham Stadium, Tottenham Spurs which is, Stadium, which is a really nice stadium, man. It's, I think it's it's brand new. It's only been there for like two or three years. Have you seen a um, game there? I've actually never been. Okay. I've never seen the game there. I've, I've been to Man Man City's stadium. I've been to Wembley. Did you love your Premier League? Oh, you know, man, but it's <laughs> Hell City. You know, big tie versus Liverpool this past weekend, and that was a hell of a game. But like the fan base is rabid. They, they, they go hard for their team. So it'll be a nice atmosphere out there. And it's going to be great for any New Yorker who had a chance or opportunity to go across the pond because yeah. London is one of your favorite cities. Oh, man. One of the most cultured cities in all America. I would say compared to New York, it's, it's right up there or even more cultured. 
than New York. There's people literally from all over the world that live in London. It's like the stopping ground for everybody to come from everywhere and just the meet The melting pot, a big melting yeah. pot. Who's your X Factor for the Jets this week? It's got to be the O-line and the run game. Okay. Like, we talked we talked about this before. Yeah, we had the 25 attempts, and they really didn't have a high average. But I want to see these guys move people. And this is – I want to say a get-right week because people were saying that versus Tennessee. But maybe we should say that because that it worked last week. It was a get-right week. But this – this if you stop Dante Fowler on that defensive line, and a lot of times um, he's running up the field and, and chasing stuff down, so bootlegs will be prevalent to his side this week. Um, you can have a lot of success in this run game. Antonio Gibson had – a lot of success last week for the Washington football team yep. running downhill. So this will be big for, you know, Ty Johnson, Mike, uh, Michael Carter, and even Tevin Coleman, who had some big runs. I uh, love the pop week. he had in overtime, oh, man. man. How yeah. about the jump? jump? Jumping over a game game on the line. We need to get the first down. We jumping over the pile. And then in the screen game, if he doesn't get chipped up, he might take that to the house for a touchdown. So. Hey, fantasy owners, watch out for Jameson Crowder again this week. No question. Uh, Atlanta's banged up at that nickel position. They're getting they are. 32 points a game. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Michael Carter for stopping by on the official pod. Send us your questions. Because we'll take a few yeah. next week. Enjoy the us. game. Uh, remember, 9.30 Eastern early. kickoff. Get, Get up early. Get your breakfast. And you can check myself and dudes along with our buddy Bart Scott on Jets Game Day with Robert Sala. That's 8 o'clock Sunday morning on CBS. 9.30 kickoff at Tottenham Spurs Stadium.